All right, and welcome to episode number 101 of the Cleveland Moto Podcast. Uh, just going to give you a real quick uh, update because we decided to just, at the last minute, we just decided to start playing the anal game again. And, uh, the, uh, the anal game, for nobody who knows or people have never done it before, the anal game is basically where you take the name of any motor vehicle and put the word anal in front of it. And uh, we, we said anal intruder is always a good way to start the game. Yep. <laughs> anal marauder. That was, that was gold. What I did about like the anal escort? We said Dodge and Ford are good for guaranteed AMC's laps. AMC's pretty good. Too. Anal I mean, javelin? Anal eagle. Anal, anal, anal marauder? Anal, anal rambler? Uh, <laughs> oh, pacer. Anal pacer. Oh, the anal pacer. You have to watch your anal pacer. Anal gremlin. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> the anal gremlin? <laughs> the anal ram. The anal ram. Oh, man. The anal ram charger sounds the like anal, it's more... Yeah. anal ram would even, would, could come in levels. The, anal, <laughs> right. the 1,500, the 2,500, the 3,500. What about the Cummins? The anal challenger. <laughs> the anal challenger. Does your anal ram have a Cummins? <laughs> <laughs> well, what about the, the anal expedition? The anal excursion? The anal escape? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> anal What's that? Anal explorer. Anal explorer. Uh, my God, man! There's so many. So I, I want to see uh, this works. So Wait, it does well. work for it works for the American too. Wait a second. What about anal samurai? <laughs> oh. I was gonna say, does it work well enough for uh, Japanese cars? Because like, what about anal katana? Yeah, that's a little scary. I don't know if I want I any mean, part like of anal that. ninja. The anal Ninja is okay. solid. Okay, yeah. that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> the Anal Interceptor. <laughs> that's the, anal, the Anal Interceptor is a pretty solid one. The uh, trying to just think of bikes I've owned, man. The Anal Viceroy is yeah. very pretentious. <laughs> it's a very pretentious anal name. What do they call the uh, What do they call the T five hundred overseas Cobra? The Anal Cobra. Anal Cobra. <laughs> anal Cobra. Anal Titan. The Anal Titan, Titan was it Titan um, here? Your yep. bike, the Anal Ascot. That's kind of a double ass. That's kind of ass coming and going. There's one on Texas for 400 bucks. Did you see that one? Oh. In Alaska? I haven't been looking at this bike. But you know what? I think the Germans anticipated this conversation, so they named everything with, with numbers. numbers. Yeah, BMW yeah. is really not going to give yeah. you any opportunity. At the eighth anal 325i. No, Just, it really doesn't uh, matter. Drop, yeah. the first, drop the first word off of any of the big Harleys, you can have the Anal Glide. The Anal Glide, <laughs> right? Exactly. The Anal yeah. Road King. The Anal Road King. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Oh, no! Oh. Anal Crossbones! <laughs> oh, anal crossbones. The older one. Anal Fat Boy. The Anal Topper. Hey, now. <laughs> it's the Anal Topper. Right. The yeah. Anal Screaming Skull Edition. The, oh, my Anal Mustang, Anal Mustang, <laughs> Anal Mustang. That's another good that works one. Works for Ford or it does. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah. The Anal game is always fun. So uh, that was our. We just did this little uh, bit of a periscope. Fortunately, every time our, we play it, there's not a female. Inside. There's no. There's never one here, and we need more <laughs> suggestions for the anal game. So if you if you have suggestions for the anal game, send them to us at clevenmoto.com. We should put this thing on like. A stick up here, yeah, and we could just like spin it. Like, oh, you could literally grab the handle and be like, okay, and, and I'm talking. Spin it like that. that Are you keeping the person we're talking? No, I'm not. I'm just, yeah, I'm just throwing them down. Yeah. <laughs> so are you just going to cut in on that? I'm just going to, you know, they'll just be blocks. Okay. I don't want to keep the thing running forever, and I mean that's what they intended for, but. Fuck. Your arm would hurt. I don't, I don't After want to play the game that long. So we're trying Periscope, podcast people. We're trying Periscope for the first time, just trying to see how it works. And if you guys have any um, instructional like tips for us on the right way to use Periscope, I'm sure we're using it wrong. The uh, <laughs> So tonight in the podcast, 
Dustin Elliott. Hello. And it's a big podcast. We have a lot of people in the podcast today. Seven, seven, what, say seven? Yeah, seven people. Chris, Chris Smith is out. Ranting Chris is there. out He's having a whole, like, hostile takeover. Personal rant. Yeah, I don't know. Over beef. Yeah. And, of course, Johnny Chrome right now. Uh, hello, hello. Yep, studio, studio right. And Kenny, now you're from Erie? Uniontown. Oh, Uniontown. Okay, Uniontown, Pennsylvania. And uh, he's staying over at uh, Johnny Chrome's house this weekend. Yeah, buddy. John McElfresh is here. Hey. Steve Hoffert. Hey, all. John McElfresh is wearing a brash tribute shirt. And what this is, is years ago, there was this uh, this little skinhead revival that we had in Cleveland. And this group called Harsh, the Heights Anti-Racist Skinheads, came out. And their, their, their thing was called Harsh, Harsh. You know, it was like Harsh. And they were the Heights anti-racist skinheads. And we thought it was funny to call them the Heights Aryan racist skinheads or whatever. And uh, so we decided since we were going to be going to a big concert that weekend, there's going to be a lot of skinheads there. You know, from when we were younger, people had gotten a little older and maybe were poking fun at themselves. So we decided to come up with our own skinhead group. And our skinhead group is called Brash. And what Brash stands for is Bay River Avon Skinheads. The three, like, most affluent West Side communities of Cleveland. And so if you look at John's shirt, we'll put it in the post-it no- in the notes. It's uh, our our family crest. Yeah, brash, right? <laughs> and it got the old English script on it because we're legit. And, uh, Too legit. I'm telling you, Too man. Legit. So ours is, we have our, uh, our logo, if you will, our coat of arms. So our coat of arms has brass knuckles because we have to. And then we have a sailboat and a dollar sign. So, we were kicking skinhead old school. And we have a skull on there because you're supposed to. There's a skull at the bottom tying together the laurel wreaths. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have our laurel. Our, and our laurel wreaths were actually supposed to be concertina wire instead of actual laurel wreaths to try to keep the bad people out of our neighborhood. <laughs> that was, a, that was the, uh, how we came up with the brass, the brash logo. It's nice to see one of those shirts still exists like in the world. And you kind of cacti. Look, you got like cacti. It was a good quality shirt. It's heavy duty. <laughs> it lasted a very long time. Chris Smith's back from his corporate takeover. You're done talking about your meat. Jesus meat Christ. Club. Was that is that seriously was that whole conversation meat, meat club? club? Yes. Are you fucking kidding me? Why is there so much? Why is there so much chatty 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 about meat? Well, I'll tell you what. Somebody had a bad piece. Here we of go. Meat. No, no. So hey, welcome today. That's how you get AIDS. Okay. Bad meat in the can. Meat's where it's at, baby. So the meat club is going to make a Donner kebab that, for what, the homebrew club. Is that out of humans? Wait, that's not, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute now. Okay, seriously. Yeah. Up in Utah. The Donner party. So a Donner What's kebab. What's The Chilean football team? No, no, no. There's actually, look it up. It's D-O-N-N-E-R-K-E-B-A-B. Maybe it's only one. And anyhow... It's stacked meat. It's leg of man. It's stacked meat, <laughs> and what you do is you trim it like gyro meat. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's what you when you go into a gyro restaurant and you think of it. Is it okay to call that gyro? Gyro, right? Okay. right? A lot of people call it gyro. Anyhow, the traditional gyro meat, yeah. as this guy that I was on the phone with ten minutes for, it's more of a big lamb a loaf. meatloaf. Yeah, it's a lamb loaf. Yeah, okay, seen which that. is the one stand. At the I don't know nothing about nothing, and I know that had a thing. It was right beside. They had their gyro meat, yeah. but beside it, they had a thing that looked like you just took slices of lunch meat and stacked them all up on mm-hmm. a thing, and yeah. then he was cooking it that way. Yeah, Greek Village says that the pork is the traditional Greek. Is it? That's, that's, what, that's, what, that's what I've heard also. Right, and that's what Greek Village says. And if you get their traditional 
Euro. Greeks like the pork. pork. We're back to the anal. Yeah. I'm totally yeah. good with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, we've gone anal right back, We're to, the back to the anal game. Yeah. Greeks yeah. like the pork. <laughs> yeah. So this guy's all pissy because he wants to make the meatloaf kind. And I said, fine. He's on the food committee for the homebrew club. Okay. So he makes the decisions. Plus, in theory, he said, well, I've got the rotisserie, so unless we make the meatloaf kind, you guys can't use my rotisserie. rotisserie. Bitch. I said, well, well that's a okay. Bitch. We'll go rent one in that case. Do you know that you. this is exactly why I don't have a club of any sort? Well. Because of shit like this. So I said, fine. The second somebody wants to have happy. a club, you try to make people happy. Yeah. And as soon as you try to make somebody happy, I, I you saw, don't. I saw the whole thing. And what'd you say? I said, you we'll make whatever two. you want. Use your own rotisserie. We're also going to make the downer kebab. And guess what? We'll rent a rotisserie. And how many people are you going to have there? There's going to be about 50. So you'll have enough meat to serve 200 people. But <laughs> but you've goddamn proved your point. Well, and, and if it turns out that the, that the, that the home group club doesn't yeah. want to pay for 200 <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. They can pay for his... Fuck, man. You should get those lead. awesome rotary shavers they use. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those things for doing skin grafts, those are awesome. But this yeah. this discussion that, that we had for three and a half minutes, yeah. he drags out for twenty. Mm-hmm. Rather than saying, "Okay, I get it," thing he reiterates, and it's like, oh, "No, I believe if you're going to have an argument with somebody, you got to pretend like you're being paid for the word. You know, like each word's costing you money. And if you think like a lawyer in that regard, where you're literally charging per word, you'll shorten your fucking shit way down. You know, why can't I have it that way? You fucking can't. I threw the fucking in for free. You know? <laughs> what did you just drink, Rupier? Somebody stuck in it. I just stuck the in. empty in there. You're, oh, you're half full and you're really, lucky it didn't have a cigarette butt in it. It's in there. It's really nasty tasting. Well, it's, it's just root beer. It's soda pop. It's, it's, it's slightly alcoholated. Ted stuck the bottle beer. up my, you know, <laughs> anal thing. Yeah, that's his baker's <laughs> mark ambassador. Ambassador. Yes. My ambassador. Did you bring a bottle of this for us to? No. Yeah, what the no. Fuck? He's like, no, I mean, I'll, I'll buy one at the regular store and not one of these guys. <laughs> I want one of the Smith versions, the Smith yeah, edition. I tell you what, yeah. those are going to go Seriously. on the shelf. That's the, <laughs> that's the right. That's the right way to do it. I like this blueberry beer. Oh, you like that blueberry? Are you getting that up on a one of them Periscope? Yeah. Yeah. So they're, uh, it's so. What I wanted to tell you guys about. Did you guys notice? I don't. We normally don't do Craigslist postings as part of our podcast. We're not. A, we're not like a Craigslist worshiping podcast. But on Craigslist, and I'm hoping that it comes up in my box right now. But the uh, that's what she one said. of those. Yeah. Well, so one of the items that came up on Craigslist, and and I'm just gonna say it. Fuck it. I'm gonna put it in the show notes because this shit's crazy. It is a 1982 Egyptian. Honda CD200 TE Roadmaster. I've seen that in Wayne, Pennsylvania. It's and now, when you look at this motorcycle, it looks like <laughs> it looks like a CD200. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's it's all the sex of 1968. Don't they still make the? Don't they okay, still make now, the exact same thing right now? On it. Okay, now here's my point. He listed it once, and right. now he's listed it again at like a couple thousand dollars yeah. more. <laughs> so <laughs> this so you go down. Well, he's this going he's going up. So what this is is a 200cc motorcycle. It's a parallel twin. It's a motor that's basically a slightly downsized Rebel motor, and does the, it have a single carb too? It probably does. I mean, it's Egyptian. Yeah. They're not going to be throwing down two carbs if they don't have to. So it's got chrome got inserts on the tanks. On it. And <laughs> what my argument is when I looked at this bike and I looked at that speedometer, the speedometer doesn't look like 1982. To the speedometer to me looks like 1988. And I think That's what this bike is. Yeah. Well, I think what this bike actually is, 
I think this bike is something that's like a 1992 Egyptian bike that they said was an 88 or whatever, an 82 to sneak it in kind of the over 25-year-old rule. And I'm pretty sure if you go to Egypt right now, you could probably buy all these you want for $100 a piece because they're probably clogging the arteries of the Egyptian roadways. And this guy just happened to get one over here. Now, if you're going to bring some prize over from Egypt, it ain't going to be this fucking motorcycle. Because when I look at it, the reason I also say not 1982 is because when I look at that motor, that motor just screams... It's going to be a mummified cat. (laughs) I'm going to bring back something that has an actual mummy living in it. When I open it up, it's going to do my fucking bidding. Right? It's going to go kill people I want it to kill. Right. I'm not going to bring over a fucking lousy 200cc motorcycle. Steve, you can take a look at it. Slide. Take a look at those pictures. It speaks the language of the peasants. The only thing that's cool about it is the Egyptian logo because it has a little green jewel in it. That's about it. But for $8,800... A motorcycle that on the ground in Egypt can't be worth more than two or three hundred dollars tops. The jewel's the best. Part. The jewel's the best part. I saw it months ago. He was asking five or six for it. Now he's up to eighty eight hundred. Because somebody somewhere gave him the idea that it was rare and valuable. It's only rare and valuable. There's no such thing as a rare Honda. Exactly. That's what it says on the forum board. It's only rare because it's not where it came from. You know, when you take something out of its indigenous terrain, that doesn't necessarily mean it's worth a load of money. A Citroën de Chabot is still a shitty car, even though it's in the United States where you can't, you know, run into any other, or get fucking parts for it, you know? (laughs) At least now, in in France, it's a shitty car you can get parts for. In America, it's just a shitty car you can't get parts for. So, that's kind of like, it's hilarious. $8,800 for an Egyptian Honda. Which you know it's not made by Honda. There's a bunch of parts with a passport, it looks like. Yeah, it does. There's a whole lot of passport. Yeah, there's a whole lot of passport parts in that thing. Check it out. The uh, And would I want to own it? No. Not at all. Not even a little bit. You know, I would much rather have the DL or any of the other, you know, those later Hondas. Um, what was the last For run? For $8,800, I'm sure you could go out in the world and find a... A in the crate CD. <laughs> the CD is what I'm thinking of. The original one, right? Brand new, nice. probably. A, I mean, and they. How long do they continue making the CDs? Like into the mid '70s, right? Yeah, a long time. So they kept they kept that bike available in our market. Still a sexy '60s motorcycle with the flared fenders and the whole deal. And you could buy it well into the '70s, long after it was obsolete. You could still buy it, and it's it looks like that, you know. And it's a real. Honda, and you know you can get parts for it. I bought my DRZ for less than half that. And, uh, oh my god, yeah. I'm I'm sure it will outperform it all day long. Well, the day. mountain of shit that you could buy for eighty eight hundred dollars instead of the Egyptian made Honda that you can't get parts for <clears throat> here, like you're gonna have to make friends with somebody named <laughs> to get you parts for that motorcycle. <laughs> What's it again? Junior, because his dad's not doing so good these days. Yeah, the. Uh, but that's like, that's seriously, that's the most fucked up thing I've seen on Craigslist in a minute. So that's the, uh, the tech tip for the day. What? You wouldn't have to make Don't buy that off Craigslist. Well, and once again, just because it's rare or even rare here doesn't mean it's valuable. Like, there's no, there's no correlation between uh, obscurity and dollar value if they're thick on the ground in the country they come from, you know? Um, you know, that doesn't mean that you can take a fucking 84 Ford Escort and take it to a part of the planet where they didn't sell 84 Ford Escorts and be <laughs> like, it's a $50,000 car, you know? That was my first car. 
<laughs> I'm sure that was a lot of people's first car. Yep. You know? in, in 1989, yeah. that was my first car. You think your Yugo was great? Yeah. Like <laughs> right. It's, it's an 84 Ford Escort. It's got. Speaking of Yugos, they had one on one of those. <laughs> you see that thing? Yeah. Was it like um, Fast and Loud or something? Oh, they had a Yugo on there? And they sold it for like. Some guy bought it for like four thousand bucks. Oh my! God. As, as a joke for his kid. I would like to remind you all that they were reality television. Bucks. That reality television isn't reality television, no. and they yeah. just found a Yugo sitting somewhere. And they're like, let's let's develop a storyline around this piece of shit because nobody stretched it, and it became a WeGo. A WeGo. You go. <laughs> Stretch limousine. You go. A WeGo. We I go. Yeah, cut it in half. It's an I go. The uh, it's. Yeah, it's it, it just drives me crazy sometimes when I see people doing that. Now, talking about off-markets, this is one of the podcast topics I did want to talk about. There's a friend of mine named Gene Meredith, and I'll give him a shout-out because Gene Meredith runs a shop called Scooter's Originale. And Lambretta Gene? Lambretta Gene, exactly. And Gene's always been, he's a super straight-up character. I, I He's one of the people I really count myself lucky to know. And... He makes he put a post up on Scooter's Originality forum. I hear James is trying to get adopted by him. It wouldn't be a bad move. <laughs> yeah, it would really it would really get James closer to the source of his addiction. Yeah, he would save on a lot of shipping. And uh, so Gene brings up this point, and he says some people will have you believe that where something is made is more important than how it is made, and they will misrepresent where their parts are made just to reinforce that hyperbole. Okay. Yeah, but it's the same thing as uh, form follows function or Absolutely. function follows form. Absolutely. And he says, for us at Scooter's Originality, quality, fitment, and original look far outweigh where something is made. Quality control is the most important issue. As our customers agree, the new range of Scootopia, Lambretta, and Vespa parts excel in all three categories. So I don't know, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume, based on this post, that those Lambretta and Vespa parts are not made in Italy. Okay, but they're probably being made to a high standard, higher than some of the junk that I've seen <clears> come over here in an Italian wrapper that doesn't fit, looks like shit, and breaks the first time you put any force on it. So yeah, I could definitely see where if it's made in Thailand or made in Taiwan or made in China, but it's made under the watchful eye of an engineer who's maintaining the quality control or the metals involved in it or the plastics involved so in it. So ISO, I mean, what is right. it? I, ISO. ISO, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of numbers, yeah. But each one means something. Absolutely. And so I guess it's, what I'm saying is... There's <clears throat> certifications of... Certifications <clears throat> that manufacturing processes are being followed and that quality control processes oh. are being followed. So. I'm a bring big, on the corn twisties. Bring on the corn yeah, twisties. That's fine. I mean, yeah. I, I would QS never, 9, 000, I, I, I would never buy something Chinese. But, but I, I was skeptical about Taiwanese stuff. Right. But those Sims are made like, yeah. are, are great. So I totally agree. And I've also seen amazing product come out of Thailand. And I've seen shit product come out of Thailand. And it is Mitsubishi. Same as you've seen great stuff come out of the U.S. Absolutely. And shit stuff right. come out of the U.S. It doesn't make right. any difference. It has to do with the factory that's doing it mm-hmm. and the quality and fitment that's coming out of that factory. Right. Exactly. So, and I, I totally agree. And sometimes people will get in. And I can totally understand people that want to do it from a political standpoint. Like right now, if you take any time and you look into the human rights violations that are happening in Thailand... Shit, Thailand right now 
is not a cool place. Like, right now, if I was manufacturing something, I don't know if I would really want to be associated with Thailand right now. Well, you're doing it cheap over there. Right. So they're just just killing people. They don't give a shit. That is the most renewable resource there is labor. Yeah. You know, oh, when yeah. The and in China. Yeah. China's no when, bread basket either, no. baby. When you burn up the 14-year-old that's in front of the machine, there's another 14-year-old to put Got in front of the machine, right. you yeah. know? Maybe and from the same family. Probably. Unless the whole country melts down with the stock market. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's kind of my curiosity right now is, like, is where it's from more important than how it's made and why? And the reason I'm asking that is last week I had an opportunity to ride a motorcycle. And the motorcycle that I rode... Are you allowed to even talk about it? Nope, I'm not. So I'm going to talk in circles. I'm going to talk around it. I'm not going to violate my non-disclosure agreement. Okay, because I signed a non-disclosure agreement. So I'm going to be incredibly careful not to say the name of the motorcycle. And aloof. Yeah, Mm. exactly. But you'll tell us after the podcast, so... Well, yeah, of course. No, I would never violate a non-disclosure agreement for any reason. Like a snark? (laughs) Yeah, okay. So now... What this bike is, is this bike is a 400cc version of a motorcycle that until recently has been sold all over the world as a Honda CB400SS, okay? And this bike has been manufactured for Honda by other companies that have contracts to build for Honda. And it is a, it is basically the exact motor that I love. It's the dry sump Honda single motor that's in my GB500 that is a four-valve motor. Single? Single with twin exhaust headers mm-hmm. and a dual overhead cam, <clears throat> a very happy motor. What they call that radial radial four-valve. Um, RF- yeah, yeah, RFC. Uh, I think I know the bike you're talking about. Radial four-valve combustion chamber. Right. Pretty sure I know the bike you're talking about. We're not going to play the guessing game, so we'll save that for later. I won't say it. Yeah, yeah. But in any case... It's a 400cc motorcycle. They do make a 500cc version of the bike as well. And it's very traditional. Like, if I lined it up nice, put it next to, like, a, a Triumph T100, you'd be like, oh, which one's which? You know, that's what it looks like. The uh, I do have a photograph I'll pass around. And now, for the sake of the podcast, don't everybody describe <laughs> the bike too accurately. Looks like, it literally looks like you got shot with an orange paintball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait. You've been dusted. <laughs> Yeah. You have truly been dusted. It's a it's a picture of the founder of Honda. Oh wait a second, it is. <laughs> Holy oh, shit. Uh, greasy too. Much. It is all greasy and nasty. <laughs> hey, we know we never said that dandy corn twisties were uh, good and fun and healthy for you. But the uh, but no, the idea is I rode this motorcycle Hopefully around and uh, yeah. I rode the bike around and oh, now I'm gonna pass it around right now so you can get a, you can get a mental image of what the motorcycle <clears throat> is. And it's uh for those who are listening it's a vintage-styled, traditional, standard motorcycle. And if you picture a Triumph Bonneville or an old Triumph 500, you're, you're picturing the right thing. So it's a retro bike. It's a retro mm-hmm. bike, exactly. And uh, it's the one that I rode was beautifully tight. I mean, it probably had two or 300 miles on it only. It was very new. It was very tight. It rode very well. The suspension handled very well. It didn't feel like a bucket of bolts. The fasteners on the motor were very good-looking stainless steel. Uh, The fasteners all over the bike, they weren't that fake stainless. You know, when you see a Chinese bike and it's got that yellowy-looking hardware that you know is Mm going to just 
break the first time you put anything over eight pounds of torque on it. Cheese right out. Cheese right out on you. It's not a... I mean, the thing looked good. And then the oil sump, where the the oil was stored, was very nice. Like, very heavy-duty, cast aluminum. And uh, all the hoses and everything were really nice. Would you presume that the internal parts, the pistons and rods, are all... uh, no, and that's what I want to talk about. Because you're never going to know right. until 4,000 right. miles right. down the road. Well, and maybe not even that long. With, yeah. Because what is very, what is very, very real in the Chinese bikes is that the valves require adjustment very frequently. So when we see Chinese bikes come in, whatever they are, um, there's the name of a, there's a name of a manufacturer. Um, well, a manufacturer of Chinese motorcycles that distributes bikes through a company in Cleveland, where we found that after 150 miles, the valves were horribly out of adjustment. Are the seats off? Straight or out of the crate. Right, and they're they're right. They're out of adjustment, out of the crate. And when you do adjust them, then you got to bring them back in 500 miles and adjust them again. On that trip over from. Well, maybe not even that. Maybe it's just the metal that they're made of is so lousy. Like the seat is the, the seat's seat's so soft, soft. <clears throat> and that's why you're constantly chasing these things. And the question is, how many times can you adjust a valve before you're no longer adjusting the valve? You're adjusting where, you know, you're adjusting failure. <clears throat> so if you've got a motorcycle that literally needs, as I've seen some of the Chinese product, needs to have an adjustment done every 500 or 1,000 miles. Jesus Christ. Your you know. adjusters are going to be poor quality, too. I agree. Like, There's a reason these things won't either hold an adjustment or go out of adjustment. And Phil has another that being here. said, oh, I have, whatever you want, yeah. I have some in there. There's many. There's Good. so many beers here. It's ridiculous. Do you want the other kind of root beer? It's a cornucopia What's of this variety. One? Is it hoppy? No, it's... Yeah, it's a beer. Bit of hop. You'll taste it. Okay. It's beer. You know, it will not make you hoppy. For for the sake of the yeah. podcast listeners out there, the poor victims who are, let's just for the for the of fun, squirrel, major squirrel, for the sake of fun, let's go through every single type of beer that's available in this room right now. All right. Just oh no, let's start with John Mecklefresh. What do you got, John? Uh, this here is the New Belgium Fat Tire Amber Ale. I've also oh, got a Great Lakes Dortmunder Gold. A can, 16-ounce pounder of Summer Shandy by Ernie Googles. And just to kick it back a little bit, Coors Light. Of course, like, okay. And a Yingling can. And a Yingling. Yingling and so there's six different beers right there. What's in your hand? This is uh, Lord Chesterfield. It's penis. Oh, the other America's hand. America's oldest <laughs> brewery ale by Yingling. Yingling. Incorporated. Kenny, what are you drinking? Root beer. <laughs> no, which one? Because there's more than one in the house. Hard root beer. Oh, this is not Small Town Harbor. <laughs> small Town Harbor. Not your father's. I'm drinking a... Uh, a Blue Moon Harvest Pumpkin Ale. Chris, what do you got over there? This is a Blue Point Brewing Company Blueberry. Blueberry Ale. Dustin just poured back a Victory Hop Devil. And I have quite uh, the list. Now, what's the in the fridge? <laughs> All right, we got the Coney Island Hard Root Beer. Coney Island Hard Root Beer. Mad River Steelhead Porter. Mad River Steelhead Porter. We've got Blue Moon Harvest Pumpkin Ale. Already noted. Pumpkin. Inversion IPA. Inversion IPA. Uh, Yingling. Yep, standard Yingling. Got some highlights for if we get desperate. Got highlights. We'll and never go not, thirsty. And not your father's root beer. And not your father's root beer. So that's like twenty-two different types of beverage, all all alcoholic, by the way, in this one fucking vicinity, and like and literally in an eighteen-foot diameter. 
We're not yeah. pikers around here. No, there's seriously. Yeah, we don't punt. We we have a flavor. We reach out when it comes to. Oh, and yeah. we also have two pot cookies. If anyone mm. wants one, two pot cookies for anybody except Chris. <laughs> The reason I say anybody but Chris, because the rule on pot cookies is you have a quarter or a half, and you wait a half an hour and see what happens. At that point, you believe nothing's working, so you have another half or another half a quarter. Then, for 30 minutes later, it all hits you like a freight train. Your legs don't work anymore. Well, he can't make any worse decisions. You're seeing oh, smells. I mean, what the fuck? No, he's just a, he's a fountain of pastel. That's he looks that. like an Easter basket. No, the last time we, the last time we did that, he no, was like, it's a bad idea. I was reticent. I was reticent. Put that away. Don't smoke <laughs> that much. I was, I was, I was deep in thought. You were deep. You were deep in weed. You were deep in stone. You smoked yourself into oblivion. Yeah. I was. I was smiling. I don't know what you were trying to make up for, or who yeah, you were trying to catch up to. God, so smiling looks a lot like catatonic. Well, thank you for commenting on the. On I just the was trying to save you. Oh, those shorts. I, he commented on the shorts. I just said. I love them. They're just. You no, know, Mr. Smith gave me shit walking actually, out of the house. They're, they're going to give you so much shit with they're just these shorts. I said, fuck you. You know what he looks like? He looks 1964 golf racing livery. <laughs> the blue and orange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He looks like golf Cheers. racing team colors. You could dive over the wall at Monte Carlo as Paul Newman pulls in. Yeah. Yeah, it's James Garner. Yeah, James Garner. Oh, wow, squirrel. So now here's the question: Can you? Would you? No. It's hoppy. Would you ride it? Here, ride what? That Chinese That Chinese bike. I know. I would have to see it in person. How much? We'll talk about that in a second. I'd love to ride it. Just if nothing else, to see how experimental. Yeah. Right, just from the science factor. Do I have to buy it and right. then ride it? I don't want to marry all the women, but I want to have sex with them all for comparative study. I just want to know so yes. I can say I know. Goddamn scientist. I want to go. Right. <laughs> well, we're all scientists. I want to see if that If you weren't a fucking scientist, you'd be riding the same motorcycle you were riding 20 years ago because it was good enough. Is that fuel injected? <laughs> yes. That combination should mean pretty much a light front wheel. It worked great. It shouldn't have a problem. It was 28 horsepower, and I don't doubt one of those horsepowers. In in this day and age, yeah. I shouldn't have to ask this question. Yeah. But with some of the Japanese offerings as of late, yeah. <clears throat> Yamaha 400. It's the, this bike does is, it have electric start? Yep, it has electric start. Already, right out of the gate, it's better off than the Yamaha 400 because it has electric start, and the fuel injection I checked is manufactured by Siemens. So it's got a quality fuel injector. It's it got inject Siemens. It injects Siemens. It's got pure <laughs> semen injection. Yep. It's been hanging out down at the docks for a long well, time. Yeah, the, they uh, be attacked by hackers. Right. <laughs> right. And real I mean, realistically, if this bike was sold in this market for four thousand dollars, because this bike right now is for sale in France and England under the name <clears throat> under the horrible name of the MASH. Mash, M-A-S-H, Mash, look it up, 400. <clears throat> so it's okay. the Honda Mash 400. No, it's, it doesn't nope. have the word Honda anywhere in it. It's the Mash 400 Classic, or whatever they call it. And that's what it's being sold at in England and in France. Don't give away your... I, 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 hold on. I'm careful. That's, All right. that's in the public domain already. Mm-hmm. If you know, if you wanted to go look up... Dude, you can go buy one and ship it over here. Right. Go right ahead. Look you know? it out for so, you. so do you... Yeah. You have that bike... What's that? Four thousand. It's a four thousand dollar bike. So it's made in China. 
Or what happens if you would buy? I mean, so are you saying that if you get the spike, right? Comparative to anything else on the market that could be used. Let's or new maybe we should compare it. Let me maybe we so should compare w650. it against six fifty. How would it compare right. against about w650? Compare compare to. Uh, the I don't think it's a fair Cleveland comparison because Cleveland I don't think it's a oh, it's comparison yes, too, because it's on four hundred, yeah, versus yeah. a six fifty. But I think that you know what I immediately compared it to was a Royal Enfield five hundred. Because the horsepower is very much the same. Now, the difference is a Royal Enfield's going to be kicking around 25 horse. This thing says advertises 28. This bike is not a pushrod motor. So, obviously, where the Royal Enfield sort of runs out of steam at 5,000, 6,000 RPM, this bike did rev very happily to 10 grand. No problem. And it would rev further, yeah. It would rev is further. Is it single overhead cam or double? It looked like a double. Take a look at the picture um i'll bring the picture back up again the uh it might it might be a single over no, it's a four a it's a single yeah it's a single we that's, all know we all know that that's head. rfvc man oh that's, yeah yeah that's rfvc that's single. yeah that's a single so that's, the just got fork rockers mm-hmm. which have it's got no it's got it's got rockers and sub rockers right uh, because yeah. the valves yeah the valves lean away from each other right. in both Right. In both they're, planes. They're radial. They're radial. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they're radial. It's a Hemi. It's, yeah. it's a four-valve Hemi. Right. Exactly. It's Mini. the best way to describe right. it. And, you know, this, I can tell you that this motor platform has worked well for Honda and the XR motor forever. Right. And every possible variant of that forever. The question is, as Chris brought up, it's a perfectly good question, is the internals, are they going to hold up the way a Honda internals will? Because we know that you take an XR500 motor or, you know, any of those bikes, XR400 motor, they're going to last forever. I mean, they are. They're going to last for... Like, hit them with a fucking hammer. Just bro. shy of forever. And they're going to be easy to work on. <clears throat> and with the fuel injection system, I love that idea, because now we're taking away the one variable, and that is the carburetor, um, of why they tended to run poorly, even though they shouldn't have. So, really kind of a kind of an interesting thing. And the review... I read a French review in a French uh, magazine... Yep, yeah, that's that's the bike. That's the match. I mean, they do a scrambler version of it. They do all kinds of different versions of this bike. Ah, hang on, hang on. <clears throat> and the review shot it out against the Royal the Royal Enfield Continental GT. Yeah. And what was funny is a lot of its times, a lot of its speed, zero to yeah, sixty, handsome, et cetera, were right there with the Royal Enfield five thirty five. All right. So wow. <clears throat> so now we're saying <clears throat> you have to excuse me. Now we're saying okay, Indian built. 535 versus Chinese built 400, very high RPM versus middle to low RPM, and more power, more speed. Well, you're talking push rod carburetor versus fuel injected, no push rod. Well, the end field is fuel injected. It has hydraulically adjusted valves. The field's melted battleships. That's right. And that bike's melted. Soup cans. Soup cans. Kitty toys, yeah. <laughs> Melted bicycles. So that's really the question is, okay, now, if it's four grand, will you buy it? Will you not buy it? Will you wait for it to be used and buy it super cheap? Would you even would you even want to find out or would you just ignore it completely and say, fuck you, I'm buying a goddamn CB450? I would buy a Honda Ground for 2900 bucks. Well, they're not in the same class. They're not in the same category. I don't care. We're, we're completely apples to oranges. I think the Grom's a better bike. I've ridden, I've ridden, ridden the... I've ridden the Grom, and it's really not inspiring anywhere near 50 miles per hour. It's going to leave you wanting. Yes. I would think I'd be happier with it than the Chinese So let's get back to your question, though. 
I thought 45 on a Grom was a lot. Well, and I also don't really have a lot of confidence as to where the Grom is built. A lot of that Grom Tie felt... One. A lot of that Grom felt very, very lowest bidder to me. The Grom, when I was riding it, a lot of the components felt very cheaply made. I figured know. the Grom was probably like a Kimco, basically. Well, that's kind of yeah. the way I felt about the NC700. Yeah. When you compare the NC... I, and I like that bike. I mean, I don't, I don't have any problem with it. But when you rode an NC700 yeah. and compared it to the Aprilia... Right. Which are the probably they're kind of trying to be the same thing. Sure. The Aprilia is built so much better. I agree. Every single component on the Aprilia is, is top shelf. shelf. Yeah, right. It is. There's it's, no component on the Aprilia that isn't a top shelf component. And when you would put it into a turn, right, you feel confident. Yes. That you're going to make it out of it. Absolutely. Honda, you <laughs> yeah. No, I I totally agree. I think right that. About it. If you build if you build a motorcycle <laughs> and every single component of the motorcycle is fucking top shelf, the ultimate ride is going to be oh, top shelf ride. Like and it is. That Aprilia gives you a perfect ride. But it's the same thing with the V7. Oh, right. Or, or yeah. the Gootsies. You right. ride those, and yeah. it's like everything is built right. so well. Yeah. Everything fits. Everything responds. Everything what do you think feels. the top feels... speed of that bike is? 100? I would say I would say it's probably a hundred mile an hour bike. Yeah. Can you race your buddy on a Ninja two fifty or three hundred? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Why I not that one? I'll bet you could. I'll bet you would get him off the line. You know. But it is very much a and that question. Would clean the clock of a CBR two fifty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just based on the numbers, the horsepower numbers alone. I mean, that's. I really do think that. And when I dropped the clutch on this thing, it was front wheel light. I mean, as soon as. I took it a couple laps around the parking lot. It's like, okay, great. We know that it's together. I feel I trust the brakes. You know, everything feels like it's well built. And I dropped the hammer on it, and front wheel came right up like it's supposed to. Second gear, the front wheel came right up. And I took it down the street and blasted it down the street, down Tyler. And it was blowing my fucking hair back, man. You know, I mean, it, it was, it did not feel to me the way every other Chinese bike that I've ridden feels. It did not have that instant feeling of the brakes. You haven't ridden a BMW? Yeah. F800? Right, an F800. Exactly. Right. Right. It is a Chinese bike. Absolutely. And that's a great point. That is a great point. Uh, Nobody is going to insult a BMW F800, which is China made. So I really do think that I don't know if I would buy one out of. Concept alone. I don't know that I would buy one because I would just be going, I would acknowledge its existence and I would say that's cool and it's nice that it's well made and don't immediately knee jerk the argument. Well, fuck man, why can't we build that in America? You know what? We could, but we don't. And we don't because it would cost 10 grand if we tried. You know, there's been plenty of people who've played that game and advertised that they were going to start building them in America and you know what? It fails every time. You know, I don't care who your company is. The second that I've ever heard anybody, any distributor tell me, well, next year we're going to start building these down in South Carolina. We got all these unemployed Ford workers. We're going to put to work on the assembly line building these bikes in the U.S. We'll buy them then. You know, no, they won't buy them then. They didn't buy them then because the unemployed Ford workers showed up at the plant down in South Carolina to go work on these bikes. You know, not these particular bikes, but another manufacturer's bikes that were Chinese bikes that were being assembled in the U.S. They could say made in America on them. And those workers did not, were not willing to work and do the kind of work that was necessary to build that motorcycle and keep it on a budget. 
because they demanded higher pay, they demanded more benefits, and the product could not be rolled out into the hands of the consumer for anything close to what people were willing to pay for the bike. And the company I'm talking about there is called a company called Vento. And Vento, for years at the motorcycle show, told us, these bikes are built in America. Well, what they were doing is they were doing light assembly of the bikes in Mexico, opening up Chinese containers, light assembling the bikes in Mexico. And some people said, oh, no, they got a factory in Texas. No, I'm pretty sure they were just distributing them out of Texas because the rules in <laughs> Texas are real friendly for shipping in. Yeah, and that's and that's the elephant in the room. We don't ever want to take too big of a bite out of uh, out of those guys. Because we don't ever want to come off that way. Right. But we've ridden those bikes. And those bikes don't feel good. Those bikes no. don't hold up. And it isn't. That's a Chinese product. And when you ride it, I don't think anybody's ever looked at a reputable company's review of that motorcycle and seen anything but the brakes aren't great. It's not fast. It's too slow. The suspension fails. And we had six parts brake while we were testing it. Right. That's the reputation of a Chinese look, bike. But the thing is... Couldn't they look? I mean, there's probably 20 companies making the exact same components. Yeah, absolutely. For that bike. In China, yeah. So couldn't you yeah. look at, you know, do a, do, <coughs> see which companies make the best components for that, and then they would have a better chance of getting a better review and a better bike. I mean, it's but not. But then you're buying. I like the way well, they look. Allegedly, that's yeah. what they were supposed to be doing. And the idea of actually doing that mm-hmm. is shopping out each part from a different company, pulling them all in the same building. And then building them. That's a lot more expensive than just letting this one company continue to build it to the, albeit shitty, standard that they've been doing. But what, is their, what are their sales now? I mean, their sales can't be very good. I can tell you this. They're great overseas. Well, now, let's not get into that. <laughs> what I can tell you is the people that... It's we like t- being in a band saying, we're big in Japan. Right. <laughs> the people that we talked to that actually owned them or ride them... And the ones that I see coming in that are that are broken and the way that they're broken tells me that, that it's not something that I would put my life on at 50 miles an hour. Because I can't have a sprocket come apart. I can't have brakes fail. I can't have wheels fail. I can't have the parts break on a motorcycle that are breaking on these bikes. And I mean, a lot of the parts are breaking actually, some are breaking at welds, which are, you know, very, I mean, God, when you have a weld fail, fuck. You know, that could kill you. And then I'm seeing other things that are failing at castings. Plus, I'm seeing bikes that come in that need to have the valves adjusted. Every time the bike shows up at my shop, it will barely start. And when a motorcycle will barely start, the first thing you look at is the valves. And yeah, you go in there and everything's fucking out of whack. And you're like... But the customer holds you responsible no. for selling them a shitty bike. Well, oh yeah, but and, and the and good that's, news is that's where your reputation. I had to buy ding. right, and I had to buy myself out of that situation. Yeah. I had to get those so you bikes can't back. Afford that kind no, of shit. I can't and afford if that gets, as a business. Gets hurt out there, right. The first yeah. person I'm coming after is you because oh. you sold them that piece. The of The lawyer's shit first stop is the guy who sold it. Yeah, yeah, that's the first so place the lawyer goes. Why take that risk? Right, exactly. You know, you're a businessman. Mm-hmm. You can't afford that shit. Well, and it's not worth the bad press. It's not worth the bad press of a customer being unhappy with a broken bike. Everything else, right. oh, we generate enough bad press on our own. Yeah, QC is the first thing you need to do if right. you really want a reputation. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And it's just that's where it comes down to. Call Hofford QC. <coughs> well, and no, R and D is what keeps you in business. Yeah, and Q and C is. I mean, quality control is. But those those two things are oh. the company that stays in business. <coughs> 
does those two things. And when they start cutting R&D, then that's it for the, I mean, down the road, it's, it's a, just a matter of time before that company goes out of business. And there's a term in the industry called quality sag. And the quality sag term really comes down to the first batch. My wife's got quality. That's, that's some quality oh. sag going on there. Oh. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, well. That. And what do they call that kind of a compliment? A nag? <laughs> Talk the, about uh, a nag. Hey, the this shit's magnetic, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Apparently, Dustin's vape device is completely that's a magnetic. magnetic. Cover. Yeah, it's just my bottle cap just stuck to And his, we're down to three different types of beer in this place. <laughs> the, uh, from, from I'm drinking 20, a... We're doing our duty. I'm drinking the Coney Island hard root beer. Comes out of It comes out of Brooklyn, New York. However, for Chris, I wanted to make that it is... Uh, Wait, it is, farther from your face. I, I, no shit. I'm about there now. Um, Boston Brewing Company. Ah, isn't that the Sam Adams people? No. No? Different ones? I think that's different. Okay, well, this is Boston Brewing Company. Says made in Brooklyn, New York. Adams. Can I can I tell you? You've said that before. Yeah, we know that. I'm not telling you the, that story. That that's a rant. I've heard that one. I think we heard it on the podcast. The, uh, but the quality sag is what happened to us, and our personal story about the quality sag is the very first <coughs> madass, the very first madass 125 that I rode was very good. I mean, it was it did everything great. It handled great. It ran great. The components looked really good. The welds looked beautiful, and it was nice. And we had I had a number of those through my road. Yeah, we had, a, and we did some uh, tuning with them. We made them go legit seventy miles an hour with a two hundred some pound person on it. That one twenty five was a happy, happy motor. And then what happened was the uh, the second or third batch of them we got, we started having fucking problems. Like welds were breaking all over the place. It was just some general fucking Tom fuckery going on with these motorcycles. And that's the quality sag. That means the engineers were there overlooking the operation long enough to get the Americans happy. And once the Americans were happy and then the orders rolled in, then they said, fuck it. Let's bring the engineers home. That shit's expensive. You know how expensive it must be to keep an American-speaking engineer in China? For your disposal to look over your production, <laughs> for a I can tell you exactly right. how it is. Ask Bruce. Yeah, no he shit. Went to, he, went, oh, he went to China once. He made in like three weeks or or three three different trips over a few months. Extra thirty, forty thousand dollars in his right. Paycheck. I mean, so look at the Simbas. The Simbas, yeah, exactly. The same thing. The first mm-hmm. Simbas that came over were made in Taiwan. Oh my god. And they were great. The first Simmons that came over would run 55 miles an hour. We rode one through the Dragon. Yeah. And that bike was solid. It would hold a line like nobody's business. It always started perfectly. It was a really good bike. Some of the later Simbas we got before we stopped working with that company were really fucking bad. I mean, they were bad. I her Simba yeah. at Mods versus Rockers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jen, I used to work with her. Yeah. She rides the shit out of that She bike. rides yeah. the crap out of that bike. And that's that first generation. Yeah, she bought that bike yeah. like three, four years ago. Chris, you're just over there contaminating. I tell you what. Goodness Christ, we need to do an upright chair. That, that recumbent riding position is really... 2010. You want a 2010 Simba. Yeah, you want a 2010 Simba. You don't want a later Simba. And that's just quality sag. Chris, what's your rant? I see you got some paperwork over there. Well, a number of podcasts ago... <laughs> what number? And here we go. 72. Okay, all right. There is a discussion about if it's too good to be true. It probably is. It probably is. Yep. 
That's always a good advice. So tying that into an, an adage that Steve Hoffert has, this is the best bike I've ever driven in my whole life. I love the BMW. Mm. Mm. I did rent. Yeah, you rented a BMW. A 1200 GS. I just have to say this for the podcast listeners. The sound, the sound that sounds like we're on an old wooden boat listing in the lake is actually Johnny Crumb's bar <laughs> stool. Or is that Kenny's? No, it's Johnny Crumb's. No, no, it's, it's John. My stool <laughs> protesting my girth. This stool squeaks. It literally sounds like we're doing this podcast from inside the belly of an old frigate. That's great. <laughs> but I'm getting really, seasick over here. It's just John's stool. John's stool is a very creaky stool. All right. Oh, by the way. All right. Even though I did say that. Oh, you can the BMW still say that. R1150 RT is the best bike I ever it's rode. Actually, my hips. Ridden. No. <laughs> I've put seven thousand miles on that bike. Yeah, and that's the bike I ride the most. Hmm. So there. So no. So there. So, so there. So there. So so the neener neener neener. So I rent this bike. It's a 2013 right. GS 12. Right. Wonderful bike. I agree with Steve. Best bike I've ever ridden. Yeah. They say, well, if you like to buy it, it's 15k. Right. 2013. Right. I go to the internet. Yeah. 2013 BMW R1200 GS Alpine White. Same bike you ride. $6,900 OBO. <laughs> wait a minute. Whoa, man, they had the hook set. Wait, wait, they were going to pull you on the boat. <laughs> tell them where it's at. It is in East Chicago, uh, Indiana. And I thought, you know. Which is, tied, very, which is tied for the murder capital yeah, of Gary, Indiana. With Gary. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so so here's, here's the question. Do I... The whole concept that you're saying is, well, they just want your phone number so they can pirate your phone number yeah, to go out and right. sell right. hookers to Germans or something. Just like be real yeah. careful with any deal that's too good to be true, yeah. yeah. Well, so, you know, Germans need hookers, too. Well, and that's okay, but what I want to know is who he wants gets, to volunteer baby. their cell phone number <laughs> just for me to put, call this guy? Just well, Yours is blacked anyway. Just call yeah. him. <laughs> you have the best caller ID of this entire <laughs> room. If it comes through as call blocked, that's Chris Smith. <laughs> It's either Chris Smith or my mom. <laughs> is she Every time it comes up, is I'm she like, on the jitterbug too? Yeah, I'm like they're both using the prepaid Nokia. So how nuts is it if this guy decides how much well, is it? Sixty nine hundred bucks. Oh, that's it. Well, and, and wait, get the mileage. Flag it. And the mileage? Yeah. One thousand six hundred ninety three dollars miles. Flag it. Have you? Miles. Here's okay. We're gonna go back to. We did a whole podcast about this kind of yeah, crap. So that's why I want so, to reiterate. Okay. Did okay. Did you went to the trouble of printing it out? I did. did. You also go to the trouble of calling him. Oh fuck no! I'm not gonna do that until I ask permission from you. No, you can call him. Establish a human contact. Establish you know a human interface with it. Because once you, okay, as long as they're just trying to deal with you on the internet, it's a scam. The second you can talk to a human yes. being. It goes up in credibility, you know? Like, All right, get out your phone. Let's call him right now. I don't think there's any chance on God's green earth that person's going to answer. And he put his telephone number in the ad? If you have interest in buying this, please reply with your cell phone number. And I am I will deployed. call slash text you. Right, but no, he doesn't that's... put his phone number down there. Yeah, that's bullshit. That's from Africa. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I'm currently deployed. I just talked to the same dude last week. That's a, those yeah. are the guys that hijack boats. I yeah. just talked to the same dude last week, and he had a $1.2 million inheritance that he couldn't yeah. claim. Maybe he's got this bike he's trying to get rid of. He'll Chris, it off. all you got to do, 
All you got to do is write him a money order. Okay, so he's going to send the truck to pick it up. And when the truck comes to pick it up, you're going to give the guy, the guy there is going to give you a money order for an extra 2000 over the sixty nine ninety five. Okay, and then he wants you to mail him back the two k. But of course, the shipper's already got the bike because you know that's our, he's prepaying well, for the shipping. Being my yeah. dealer, I'm going to run yeah. this. It's on the way to your house, right? I mean. And also, East Indiana is like saying you're from South Detroit. It's really no, not East Chicago. East Chicago. Indiana, there's right. a city, East Chicago. East Chicago. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah there is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So more people die there than anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a 317 area code, so that's like New York. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I predict that what this is is absolutely, I'll be thrilled to sell you this motorcycle. <laughs> Certainly. And in fact, you know what? I'll ship it right to your door once your check clears. Well, if I tell him I'll meet him in the parking lot of the East Chicago Police Department, I would bring rec- I strongly recommend it. Yeah. yeah, it's like the East Cleveland Police Department: two people and they get broken into every night. I won't. I predict. Hey, hey, hey! hey. I'm. I mean, hey, I would go ahead and I would. I would contact that fella and I would do everything I could to line that deal up. But I don't think that deal's going anywhere. You know, I don't think that deal's going anywhere at all. The internet's well, I'm full of Steve with me. You're not. You're not going to end up going anywhere. <laughs> I'm not Steve going to East Cleveland. India, you, Chicago, you're Indiana. never going to get further away from. You're never going to get closer to that bike than your keyboard. I got stuck in Gary one time. Me too. It's right. not cool. No, it is not. No, it did is you, not cool. Did you guys have to go to the hospital <laughs> to get you out of Gary? <laughs> did you out of Gary? No, I didn't have to go to the hospital. Yeah, I thought I was going to have to Poor stab Gary, my way out got, of the gas station. Got stuck in him. <laughs> Jerry. I got stuck in Gary. One in a million then, shot, Doc. And then just like the monkey with the apple, you realize, let go and pull your hand out. Pull your hand out. That's right. The, uh, but I predict you'll never get closer to that motorcycle than your keyboard. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, I recommend following through on it because, you know, you as you said, if you could buy that bike, would you buy it? Fuck yeah, you'd buy yeah. it. Right? It's a great deal. Yeah. But the fact that it's a great deal and the fact of that alone... Tells me that it's not real. That's it. It's, yeah, it's an unbelievable. And did you find that on the Indiana Craigslist, or did you find that on the Cleveland Craigslist? It was on uh, Oodle. On Oodle. Yeah. Wow. Oodle. Fuck is Oodle. Exactly. Oodle. 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 Was it a pool Oodle? Uh, uh, wait a minute. Wait a while. Wait a while here. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those websites where they rope in gullible white people. Mm. I think it's a. It's like a. Uh, <laughs> White guys in peach shorts. White guys in That's not peachful. That's coral. That's coral. It ain't salmon. The uh, god damn. Yeah, it's tough to. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Right now you're Lisa. the. The guy's name is Lisa. Oh, of course. Yeah. Right. Of course, his name's not Chris. No, his name's or Fred or Joe. So in reality, this guy is sitting in the middle of some His podcast. country whose flag has a hammer and sickle on it or something. No, it's Albania. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's an Albanian, right. It's probably Albania. It's he's probably hosting right. Schmuckmont Moto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's going to answer your your email just as soon as he gets done fucking a goat and come back in. Yeah, it's, There's no chance in hell what? that's a legit offer. It's kind there's, of how we roll. Yeah, there's no chance in the world <laughs> that that's remotely legit. No. There's no, no. Chris. Don't mean yes. Buy my bike. <laughs> yeah. There's no chance that's a real deal. The uh, it's got an electric. St- <laughs> I mean, like, and there are there's no shortage of real deals that are corrupt deals. Like 
There's absolutely the shit I see every day that's I just bought this on eBay and they bring it into the shop to get it inspected. And we're like, ready, <coughs> fire, aim. Because you fucking bought this thing and you didn't bother to check it out first? Why did you even bring it here? Because no matter what I tell you, you're fucked already. <laughs> I did that I one mean, time. Yeah. I bought a, a 69 R60 uh-huh. US. R60 US, yeah. And it was on eBay. Yeah. And I bought it. The guy was in Painesville, and I actually went and looked at it. Yeah. And I thought it was okay. Sure. And so I bought it. I rode it one time, and I felt like every time I rode it, I felt like I was going to die on it. Yeah. And I don't know what it was. It was a, a non... Like, you didn't know why you felt no, that way. you couldn't quantify but it. But you felt, you felt like somebody died on the bike prior to you riding it. Bad yeah. juju, man. Yeah, the it bike was, has it bad was really juju. bad. No, it's yeah. fucking... Um, so I sold it. There's just a... <laughs> somebody else who... Who died on it? Well, recently there was a motorcycle. <laughs> there was a motorcycle fatality at Interstate 71 last week, and the motorcycle that was involved in the motorcycle fatality is coming into my shop from the insurance company. The insurance company is bringing this Honda Shadow in, and uh, they told us. Uh, and usually, when I'm talking to insurance companies and they're calling a bike in, you know, what's the first question is, well, you know, what were the circumstances of the accident? You know, is the driver okay? What's going on? I mean, I'm. I just want to have a little backstory about the bike. And they said, no, it's a fatality. The passenger lived. The driver died. And I'm like, well, if it's a fatality, like, come on, man. Doesn't the insurance company have a heart? Just fucking write a check for this bike. I mean, the guy's dead. The guy's dead. Yeah. Just just in a clear conscious standpoint, just fucking write a check for this fucking motorcycle. Like, why are you even bringing in to me? They're insurance Whoa. companies. They don't give a they shit. They don't give a shit. And... So I asked the insurance company, I said, you know, what possible motivation could there be for this bike to be, it's, it's a bike that's been involved in a fatality. They said, well, the son really wants the bike. And the son really wants the bike, and they believe the bike to be, you know, repairable. So they're going to bring the bike in so you can check it out and go through it and give us an invoice for what it's going to cost to fix it. And in those circumstances... I do kind of... There's like a weird thing about... I've had a couple of bikes that I've dealt with where the they killed people, you know, where people yeah. died. And I uh, and I still hold, like, I'm going to do everything in my power to distance myself from that bike because <laughs> I don't want a bike somebody's died on. My first you know? motorcycle helmet was the helmet that I got my buddy Jim, whose father was a New York Port Authority cop who it ended up in the back of his cruiser after a fatality and was there for a while and was like, here. Now, wait a second. I read the advertisement that said I've never taken a helmet off a dead man. That advertisement for helmets that said, you know, I've never I've never taken it. It was one know. of those Simpson. Yeah. The Expensive. Simpson. Bandit. Yeah, Simpson Bandit. Well, like, I bought a, I had a GL500. Yeah. This GL500 off this, this guy must have been five feet tall. Uh-huh. And he was selling this GL500 because the <coughs> drive shaft broke or something. He said the differential was gone on it. Okay. Drive shaft separated from the, the bolt that goes through. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I bought this bike off the guy, and he was telling me, oh, I bought a GL1100, uh-huh. and I love this bike. And But I was really, he was afraid to ride it. He was too short, and he would pull it out of his garage and pull it back in and pull it, you know, so yeah. and eventually started riding it. He got really involved in the motorcycling community. Yeah. So, like, five years down the road, I bought a GL 1100 in 83, which is the best year. 
and late '83. I was yes. looking, yeah, late '83, yeah, cool. and I bought, and I needed some parts, and so I read, I, I saw an ad on Craigslist, and I went to um, talk to the guy. I, you know, I went out there to look at the bike, and I'm like, oh man, this bike looks like this guy I knew yeah. uh, had this bike, and it was wrecked. The bike was wrecked, and right? Like, and he said, oh yeah, my dad died on this bike. What were we doing? Was your dad? Was your dad so and so? And he said, yeah. Was your dad wicked short? Yeah. And he, <clears throat> it was this, this was the bike from the guy that I bought this GL500 from. And he died on this bike. He, he died on that bike. But don't I, buy said, another I, bike hope I said, I hope your dad didn't suffer. I mean, because, you know, you don't really want anybody to suffer when they, well, they, yeah. they got He said he lingered and he was in so much. I mean, it was horrible. It was like, it, it killed me. Yeah. Steve, that's bad juju. Baby. I don't need that bad juju. Like, no. I don't need a motorcycle that's ever been part anyway. of that story. <laughs> <laughs> So I now no, because shirt. I like the guy, you know, right. I like the yeah. guy. I felt like it was a tribute to him. I know it's so you can understand why. And to bring yeah. it around, <laughs> you can understand why the son yeah. might want it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I guess I can see that. It's just like, I just I just get the overall creepy feeling of just being like, ah, and somebody died on this bike. It all know? depends. I mean, my tour glide. No, go ahead, John. Finish. My tour glide. I knew the first owner. <clears throat> uh, second owner was the owner of the shop I worked for a long time ago. I'm third owner. I was third owner. Yeah. He died on the bike. Yeah. Uh, they figure out by the scene that he probably had a heart attack, pulled over, mm-hmm. went to put the side stand down, fell over. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't an actual accident or anything. But right. Like, I never got any kind of creepy feeling. I mean... No, that's a bit of a difference. If anything, it was just, you know, oh, I remember how cool Jim was. And, yeah. You know... Yeah. It, it all depends on how nice you are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he yeah. was a very nice guy. Yeah. But he was doing what he loved when it happened, right. and it wasn't yeah. violent. Yeah. And it wasn't violent. violent. Yeah, that's true. It was true. I think violent was worse than something. I can assure you, the people that the person that died on this motorcycle on I seventy one, it was a violent death. There's no doubt about it. You know, it was a violent death, and that's like you know when Tim, who was in our scooter club here, when Tim died on his on his Piaggio BV. You know, doing how many miles an hour on I-90, you know, probably with a couple of more drinks in him than he should have had. When he died on that bike, um, the insurance company was the same way. You know, I was just like, I told him, don't even take it off the truck. I said, just, you know, see that? That's totaled. And if you want to hang out for an hour, I'll write you an invoice that I guarantee will total it. Or you can just take my word and have your insurance evaluator come out and write the invoice because the only thing you're going to get out of me is I'll bill you two hours for writing you the world's most beautiful invoice that says that fucker's totaled. Because I'm looking at it and telling you it's totaled. And my charge for cleaning blood <coughs> off a bike, you can't pay. You know, nobody can charge what I'm going to pay. Nobody's going to pay what I'm going to charge for a bloody bike. And that's just what it comes down to. That bike's totaled. So don't take it off the truck. Leave it on the fucking truck. And you can haul it out of here the same way you hauled it in. It's leaving. It's totaled. It's done. And I'll write whatever I need to write for an estimate. If you don't like my estimate, you can take it somewhere else. But you're going to have your evaluator double-check my homework anyway, so let's just skip my step and have your guy take it right to your shack, wherever you do your work, and have them evaluate it, because that fucker's totaled. And if you're not happy with my results, quit bringing me bikes. But, yeah, I'm all about... That's between the insurance company and the estate. I don't want to get involved. You know, I don't ever want to have that. I don't want somebody second-guessing my, guess, second my work. What do you got, John? I was just, you know, we're talking about these bikes, like this bike yeah. in particular, 400cc fuel injected. Yeah. It's only a $4,000 bike. Right. So how much is the fuel injection part of that $4,000? Yeah. It can't be that much. No. 
And no. it's a bit okay, so that's a four hundred cc engine right. motor. Yeah. Fuel injected with some probably rudimentary, pretty simple little throttle body. <clears throat> yeah. Looks cool to me. How can we take that off of that? Oh, believe and me. And put it on to like an old CB750, a KZ900. The guys from Megasquirt are missing an opportunity Ding. because the guys from Megasquirt <clears throat> should be selling right now. How can I put Everyone that on a KLR650? Yeah. <laughs> bolt-on kits for KLR650s, bolt-on kits for every carbureted motorcycle there is. Ryan and I have had... Hours somebody, of long conversation. If you have an electronic ignition, it's easy to do. Right, exactly. Somebody who isn't missing it is yeah. called Ecotrons. Look yeah. it up. Yeah. It's called Ecotrons. They have a fuel injection kit for small displacement engines. Huh. They have a kit for a 125 up to 400cc, and they have one for 400cc huh? up to 800cc. The kit is, it includes everything from a throttle body right. to a, an ECM, a engine control yeah. management, you know, whatever. Yeah. Fuel pump, everything, a harness that goes on and everything. Boy, this better be expensive. About $500. Yeah, okay, so, so that's totally reasonable. Ecotrons. Wow. wow. And I, it's Chinese, it is what it is. You look at it and you're like, uh, but for $500, if I could take, I mean, gee, even look at the sport For $500, range, if I have like a motorcycle a that CB, I love. If you had an old CBR 600 yeah. and you put a fuel, inje- you put yeah. a fuel injection system yeah. on it, it would be awesome. Even to have a motorcycle single, that I knew was going to start in the springtime, even if it's a single, not tear the carburetor, even yeah. if it's a single throttle body into a four, into a four panel, right? A four, you know, four plenum, you know, right? Why not? Main. Bring it on! It's still Could better be than the original GL four carbs around. I'll buy it right now. <laughs> okay, I don't care what John's quote. He's <clears> never <throat> met a carburetor that didn't need cleaning. Never, <clears throat> never met a carburetor that didn't need cleaning. And when you own a motorcycle that has four carburetors, it is statistically impossible. When you come into my store with a bike that's not running perfectly, that so glad I'm down to one carburetor. Right, I'm down to one carburetor. <laughs> I'm down to one. When you come into a bike, when a bike rolls into my shop that's not running great, that has four carburetors, what do I think? Well, which one, two, or three of those, Cha-ching. or four of them, aren't working correctly? Right, that's what I think. And, ching Well, and the going rate on a carburetor rebuild should be, no matter where you go, about a hundred dollars a car. Yep, yep. Okay, so right off the bat, if your fucking motorcycle isn't running right, you could be looking at a $400 bill before <clears throat> I've even bought you parts. Now, if we can do an Ecotron or something for $500, right, and never have to cross that bridge ever again, oh my Why God. Why wouldn't you geez. buy it? it? It hooks up with a laptop, you can adjust the map, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that, you know, you're going to have to. Well, and that's exactly it. For every KLR650 owner on the planet... For every fuck it, you know, I'd be putting those things. I'd have a shelf full of them. That's literally like, okay, well, I could rebuild your carb, or for five hundred dollars, I can install an Ecotron on it, and now your motorcycle's fuel injected. Look at all the old gold wings. Up. Oh my god! Wouldn't that be like gold for a gold wing? It would be an intake and electronic uh-huh. ignition and a, a fuel injection wing. system. Yeah. That you could scrap Goldwing carbs, which yeah. was a nightmare. Yeah. And bam, pl- plug and play fuel injection. You know what? Here's here's a bike that just immediately jumps to mind. I spent a couple of weeks, two months ago, trying to find a carburetor for Jesse Noblet's Rebel. Go out someday and try to find a carburetor for an 86 or 87 Rebel. You can't find them. They don't exist. There's a guy selling them to you in Britain, and he will mail it to you from Britain, and it's 200 fucking dollars because they don't sell the rebuild kits and you cannot rebuild these things effectively, these old 80s 
uh, Rebel carbs because they're invariably the slides are all blah, 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 you know and they're worn out. Ten, ten years yeah. of uh, oh, the small kit. It looked like you could bolt it on like a CT ninety. They right. had it on like a horizontal. Of course they did. Or like a one twenty five Chinese motor. Yeah. With a little throttle body with a fuel injector in it and a little yeah. fuel pump, that inline fuel pump yeah. that goes to your tank. Like, wow. Well, certain bikes, what I don't understand is, okay, so I have this Ninja 250. Mm-hmm. It's a very prolific, I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's like a generic bike. There I mean, are so like, many of those, so it's many, ridiculous. But you can't have buy a rebuild no. kit for the pet pack. No. Why? No. There's if so you, many of them. Why don't they? What's the matter with that petcock? I can't buy a rebuild. There's so many motorcycles I work on on a daily basis where the petcocks don't exist for them. Like, but there's so many of right. them. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't they, yeah. they give you a... Not, you got to well, be able to get a petcock. I mean, no, and you know what's wrong? You, know, you, know, you, you have to buy the entire petcock. Yes, $125. And then every other... Yeah. like There's like yeah. all these like oddball bikes yep. you get for, for like 15 bucks. You could buy the... 1983 the, yeah. Honda 650 Nighthawk Petcock. You can't buy a rebuild kit for it. And it's going to cost you a, between $90 and $125 to buy a Chinese one out of the box. There's only one or two guys selling them. And you're going to buy it. It's going to bolt on because the, the spigot is totally different than any other spigot on any fucking bike. And now you're down 100 bucks just to fix the Petcock. Right, when you can fix it for 10 bucks. for my KLR650 was... Seven ninety five. Exactly. Free shipping. I had to wait four weeks for it to come from sure. China. Sure. Right. I was like, I got it. It well, was a pay-off. And that's because it it's a KLR six fifty. And if it's if it's a KLR six fifty, you're in you're in tall clover, buddy, because they do make every fucking part well, for that. A Ninja two fifty is just as prolific. I mean, but yeah. yet you can't buy the fucking petcock for it. Yeah. But that's the only bike on the planet that I know of that you can buy the doohickey for. The KLR. The yep. Hickey. The Dude Hickey. Hickey. I've done doohickeys on every KLR I've owned. Yep. I hate asterisks in catalogs. <laughs> <laughs> an asterisk, an asterisk in a catalog means you're yeah. about to have a wow. bad day. It, well, yeah. it does kind of resemble an asshole. It yeah. does recommend because that's it, that's what your butthole looks like when you see it. You just go, <laughs> because, yeah, and that is the sound of your ass slamming shut because you're not going to get the part you need. Or I hate it when I own a bike that's like an '87 something. And I'm going down my parts fish, and I'm looking, 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 and I get to like accept eighty-seven. <laughs> Fuck you. Or discontinued. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Accept eighty-seven. I like Why won't the eighty-six or eighty-eight work? Except J model. Right. Except J model. Right. Except <laughs> J model. Yeah. Superseded right. by this part number. Oh yeah. You go to that part number. Superseded by this, by this number. Part right. number oh, yeah. And then discontinued. Yeah. Right. That's works what, for D, E, and F, but not K, J, and H. Well, the worst. <laughs> yeah. The worst experience you're gonna have if you're out there and you're you know you're not dealing with who we're dealing with, but bike bandit. So, like, the idea behind uh, Bike Bandit's commercial, Bike Bandit is like, here's our dog. It's a black Labrador. His name's Bandit. And if you need a part, he'll go get it for you. And we carry everything. They don't carry everything. They don't. They, what don't, they, carry they don't carry shit. You place the order, and then they find it for you. Mm-hmm. It's like Amazon in that regard. The problem is with Amazon, they already have the contract set up with the distributors, and they have the parts, and they have the things they're going to send you. The problem with Bike Bandit is I've, com- I've completed my order. I've placed my order for 12 parts. And they're going to ship me four of them, and the other eight parts are waiting for that dog to mm-hmm. go get the part from China, maybe, and maybe not bring it back to me. In the meanwhile, I've got the four parts out of the 12 <clears throat> that I need, and not the eight that I need most desperately. And that's why if you're going to buy parts from a, a company like that, at least if you're buying from Partzilla, Partzilla will let you know before they take your money that that part doesn't exist. 
And if you're a Bike Bandit shopper, Bike Bandit, people are like, I love Bike Bandit because it's got the blown up engine diagrams. It's got the blown up diagrams. Every part number? Those parts No. Those are Bike Bandit part numbers. They've changed all the part numbers to their part numbers. So you can't can't shop out elsewhere. Partzilla gives you the actual manufacturer's part number. So if you do fill out your order and in your cart it says that this, you know, KH3004728 is not available, at least you then have the part number. You can go to Google or eBay or whatever and try to find that part. Mm-hmm. I've been very, very lucky recently. Our shop has turned into like where old Honda shadows go to get work done because the local <laughs> Honda dealer won't t- touch your shadow if it's earlier than a 2004. <laughs> well, guess what? There's nothing wrong with a 2002 VT1100. I've had, I've had really good luck with uh, St. Ron Ayers. Yeah. I mean, that guy... Yeah, they have everything. Yeah. And Ron, what I found Ron out... Ron or Ronnie's? No, Ron Ayers. Ron Ayers. <clears throat> Ron Ayers. Okay, there's one called Ronnie's. It's a... Well... I think they're out of Toledo. What I can tell you is... They do Kawasaki. What I've been doing... For, you know, yeah. For major And Japanese, they give you the real part they numbers. They yeah. parts fish. They, they give you the real part numbers. And they, I look up my part on Partzilla. So. I look over at the price. $79.99. Then I immediately take the part number. I cut and paste it into Amazon. I post it in Amazon. Oh, speedo cable for a you know ninety eight VT eleven hundred, not seventy nine ninety nine, twenty ninety nine. Prime, free shipping, whatever. So yeah, I'll buy it on Amazon for twenty dollars or thirty dollars instead of the seventy nine ninety nine for Partzilla. But, but at least you're getting eBay. yeah. Well, and it, you know what I found with eBay is sometimes the shipping can be slow because you're dealing with a human being. At least with Amazon, they're dealing with distributors who have stuff up. If you're just like Joe Schmo, like if I had a garage full of Honda parts, I can't become an Amazon seller. I need to be able to show Amazon that I'm going to give fast shipping because Amazon makes their reputation on getting that shit to you in a hurry. When I buy stuff on Amazon, it gets there fast, you know, and you also have options for how you want to ship it. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a pretty good way to do it. Time to wrap up. Time to wrap it up. All right. So we're going to wrap up the podcast. Uh, We're going to. Rip to the rap to the video. Oh, hold on a second. We're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna do one. Corn twists in the video. Video, cl- video closer. Oh yeah, we're gonna do a video closer for the folks that are trying this. Now, once again, you guys who are doing the periscope, if you're doing the periscope, <coughs> I don't um, know what periscope is, but I have to look this shit up. Yeah. Uh, so the Cleveland Moto mm. wrap up is what we're doing right now on the uh, on the podcast. But the uh, for, I think periscope has wanna... a different meaning for a skinny guy like you versus a guy like me. What do you mean, like? What is it possible? What could it possibly mean for you? My giant well, photo. to see your wiener again, you know. Oh, get it away! Get it away! <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna go around the room here real quick, and yeah, we got the, the corn twisties in time. Yeah, we haven't done too badly. This is our, this is our wrap up. Jesus Christ, you're <laughs> fucking dragon with a stupid vapor. Yeah. All right, so guys, on that, that's our podcast. We'd like hey. to thank y'all for participating. And we're going to do our traditional wrap-up. Everybody, remember to drive fast and take chances. Bum, bum,